Brothers and sisters, welcome to the LDS Fishers of Men podcast. We are on episode 19. Crazy, been doing 19 episodes, almost into the 20s. Um, Forgive me, last week wound up being a really busy week. We got our basement flooded a little bit when we got hit with a pretty wicked uh, storm. Got about an inch of water in about 45 minutes to an hour, so the my, my drain that I had just cleared out and kind of, you know, made a lot better and, and kind of put put a put a drain on steroids. Basically, it just wasn't able to handle that amount of water, so we had some some uh, cleanup to do there. Um, and I also had a a young men's camp out with two of my my deacon age boys so it was just one of those weekends i was going to see if i could get some recording done with some of the leaders or kids up there but it just just didn't work out last week so apologies for that but uh we are here this week uh doing some doing some some recording trying to do the lord's work um got an upcoming podcast i'm going to do with my my pop um we got that in the works that should be pretty fun. Got a lot of good topics. Um, it's always hard to nail down what topic I'm going to do next because there's a lot that I want to cover. There's plenty to talk about. But you think, what what do people need to hear right now? What should be said at this time? Um, and so, because of that, I pushed one of the other topics that I was going to do today, and I have instead... Focus. I, I want to focus on something that um, that I guess we'll just call the basics. I guess that we'll, that's what we'll entitle this one. Maybe maybe the importance of the basics slash foundation. Whenever I think of the basics, whenever I think of that, what comes to my mind is my dad, uh, who was a a big-time wrestler uh, in, in his time. He was very achieved, um, Olympic-level athlete type thing, competed on the world stage um, as a wrestler, and as such, wrestling and religion uh, were hard to differentiate in our household. <laughs> and one of the things that, uh, that my pop would always... Uh, uh, tell me, you know, as as I did, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of wrestling uh, throughout my life and didn't enjoy it like as much as he did. I see the importance of it now, but back in the day, you know, I, I didn't appreciate it like I should have, and I didn't give it the the uh, time that I should have. I had some achievement, but definitely should have should have applied myself more to it and dedicated myself more to it. But one of the things that my dad would always say, uh, Pop would always say, it's it's all about the basics. You've got to have the basics, right? It always comes back to the basics. He would always preach that. I, I heard him preach it to to high schoolers that he coached. I heard him preach it to me, obviously, as I was uh, as I was wrestling back in the day. And uh, you know, my, my, my brother, my oldest brother, would repeat it as well. He'd say, it's all about the basics, right? And when you look at, um, at how he would coach, at the things that he would teach, it truly was like, you know, the, my, my, my dad had an ability to produce, to come into a, a place and to produce uh, state state champion level athletes and as well as state champion level teams right where they would come in maybe for, after not taking state for a long time or even competing and just because of his philosophy on wrestling he could come into a place and he could get them trained up using the basics uh, doing those drills with the basics you know if you're uh, if you're on bottom, it's a stand up, right? Don't do anything fancy. You're you're just trying to stand up, score that point. Uh, having a good takedown, you know what I mean? It was just 
basic, basic, basic level stuff. And because of that, uh, you know, we were always able to see success, right? My dad was able to have success as a coach, not just as an athlete, but as a coach because of that, you know. And it was really cool to see, you know, I, some of my earliest memories were on the, the BYU uh, uh, wrestling mats. You know, get my, my dad would get me a Happy Meal and he would take me and, and I would sit there on the BYU wrestling mats and I would watch, you know, I would watch legends like Mike, Sh or excuse me, Mark Schultz and, you know, my dad go in there and they would, they would coach and they would be coaching the, the uh, college wrestling team and stuff. And it was always really cool to, to think back to that and to see, you know, see my dad then, some of my earliest memories, and then to see him coaching high school and really the philosophy didn't change, you know. It was all about the basics. Now, I say that because, and I bring this up because I, I recently saw somebody who um, was LDS, married in the temple, um, had a, you know a, a child and stuff like that in the temple. He's a big YouTuber, and I didn't even know that he had been LDS, right? But he did a episode uh, to his followers on why he left the LDS faith, and I I watched it. I listened to it. And what was, I did appreciate the fact that he didn't want to, be, to, to just rag on the church and stuff like that. He was respectful. But something that I was able to see and that maybe he himself couldn't see was that as he showed images of him serving a mission, as he, as he um, showed those images and you compare them to, to, to himself now as he was speaking, you could see a countenance shift. You really can see that. That, that is a, a real thing. And you can kind of see it progress, right? You can see as, as the, the photos would progress, you can see a countenance shift and stuff. And as he was searching for answers, as he was looking to see if this was legit after having been a missionary, uh, you know, serving on his mission and stuff. And it was, you know, one of the things that came to me was, you know, as I listened to him, I thought, you know, I, I, I wonder, I wonder how many people fail in the gospel because they lose track of the basics, because they don't keep their basics sharp, right? They're not working on a good takedown. They, they start to kind of go way beyond, right? They start to maybe focus too much on trying to do a grand B roll instead of a stand up or something. You know what I mean? Try to do something you know, who, who knows, who knows? Maybe they start trying to, to look into some karate or something like that. But as I sat there and, I, and I've been chewing on it, it's one of those things. It, now, does it bother me? No, it doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? That there's an attack against the church. It doesn't hurt my testimony or faith. What bothers me is that this individual uh, didn't just take himself out of the equation, out of the church, the, the gospel, plan of salvation equation. Took his entire family out because his wife follows suit and his children will be raised and taught against uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that, that should sadden anybody and everybody. And... You know, you, you can apply this to everything. You can apply this to football. You can apply it to, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm going to take a stab and say you can apply the basics to choir, to uh, music, whether you're playing a, a, an instrument or whatever, right? It's all about having a foundation and about having those basics sharp.
recently I I took a programming class, an introduction to programming class. And in that class, you know, they really drive home the same thing that it's like, look, you have to get these basics down. Once you get the basics down, then you move on to the other stuff. But until you get the basics down, there's no point moving on. You've got to have this. It seems to me, brothers and sisters, that there has been a disconnect between the third and fourth generation, right? If any of you have heard about that book called The Fourth Turning, um, I've got it, I need to read it, but I have, I've listened to talks on it and stuff like that. I understand the basic synopsis, the basic, you know, idea behind it, and I find it um, highly interesting and very, very probable as we're looking at our time periods and stuff like that. And we see that there is not just a mass, um, exodus away from Christianity and religion as a whole, but that the, the LDS church, Church Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints is not, um, immune to losing some memberships like we are losing we're losing some people and it's one of those things where you know i i wonder how many of the previous generation like how much of the basics are are we teaching to our kids are we focusing too much on uh collab are we focusing too much on these things that we really don't have answers to, these, these mysteries of God that we, we just don't have the answers to. And I, I get it. I love the mysteries. I absolutely love the mysteries. However, I have seen the mysteries completely overshadow the basics and, and erode the basics as well. Um, there are some things we just don't have the answers to. There are some things that until we are able to go into the next world that we will never know. We, we're just not going to know it in this life. And besides that, there's so many more. Like, there is a lot of stuff that is plain and precious that's low-hanging fruit in the gospel for us to, to delve into that we need to understand. Um... I would I would cite uh, Micah over at the two LDS archives. You know, if you want something really cool to to look at, go check out the uh, his video on Joseph Smith to return. That's pretty dang cool stuff. Very very cool stuff, and it's it's there. It's black and white. It's plain and precious. Excuse me, as I take a drink, I got a little bit of a sore throat, so I'm. Uh, keep the keep the uh, the throat a little bit moist. It gets dry. It hurts. <laughs> but I um, stumbled across a little final word from the October 1984 General Conference, and uh, it was uh, it was President Gordon B. Hinckley. And I'm going to go ahead and read his his um, comments about kind of what we're talking about here, having having our foundation, having our basics here. In each new temple, we have a cornerstone ceremony in harmony with a tradition that goes back to ancient times. Before the general use of concrete, the foundation walls of the building were laid with large stones. A trench would be dug, and stones would be placed as footings. Starting at the point of beginning, the foundation wall would be run in one direction to a cornerstone. Then the corner would be turned, and the wall run to the next corner, where another stone was placed, from which the wall would be run to the next corner, and from there to the point of beginning. The final stone was spoken of as the chief cornerstone, and its placement became the reason for much celebration. With this cornerstone in position, the 
foundation was ready for the superstructure. Hence the analogy that Paul used in describing the true church. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. We have basic cornerstones on which this great Latter-day Church has been established by the Lord and built fitly framed together. They are absolutely fundamental to this work. The very foundation anchors on which it stands. But I mention the chief cornerstone whom we recognize and honor as the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone of the church which bears his name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. He is the author of our salvation, the giver of eternal life. There is none to equal him. There never has been, there never will be. Thanks be to God for the gift of his beloved Son, who gave his life that we might live, and who is the chief immovable cornerstone of our faith and his church. Very important, that very last sentence there. Thanks be to God for the gift of his beloved Son, who gave his life that we might live, and who is the chief immovable cornerstone of our faith and his church. There's also a graphic here. It talks about the four cornerstones of the church. So imagine, if you will, a temple that's, that's about ready to get built. Now you can't just you can't just start building, right? You can't just start framing it out and stuff. You always, even now, like you have to have a footing. You have to have a foundation. Otherwise, this building is, it's like the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the wise man, or the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, right? We all know that song. And it is incredibly accurate. If you're going to build something, uh, look at the the ancient Egyptians. Look at the you know, look at the Greeks when they built their stuff. Like a lot of that stuff is still standing today because they understood this principle. You have to have that building has to be on a a very sure foundation. And you know, looking at the uh, the Salt Lake City Temple, those granite stones that they use, like it's you can see why something like that would be would be made with such care because we need we need this thing to last. This isn't something that we're building in hopes of lasting the next 50 to 100 years, right? We build these things to last, you know, until Christ returns. So imagine that we are building ourselves a temple and that we are going to use the cornerstone method, right? So we place our cornerstones down. And we begin, we begin um, running these, these stones, and after we get them in place, after they are perfectly in place, I might add, you can't just toss them in there. They have to be meticulously uh, placed on solid, uh, level ground that has been prepared. It's got to be, the, the soil has to be prepared. It's got to be perfectly level as level as we can possibly get it, right? So the first um, and chief cornerstone is going to be Jesus Christ. It's, it's our Lord and Savior. And he, as it says, he is the, the, the chief cornerstone on whom our faith and our church is built. Okay, it goes, it goes back to him on both of those things. Um, the second cornerstone is going to be the first vision, which opened the marvelous work of, of the, the restoration in this, this, the final dispensation of the fullness of times, right? 
we then go to the next cornerstone, which is the Book of Mormon. And it speaks as a voice from the dust with the words of prophets testifying of the Savior of mankind. Now let's pause here. Something that, that I absolutely find fascinating is the fact that the Book of Mormon is so hard for people to accept. Especially when we are saying, don't take our word for it, please pray and ask your Father in Heaven. And if ye shall ask with sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost ye may know the truth of all things, right? This is not take our word for it. The Book of Mormon, a record of the ancient inhabitants of this continent, uh, America, It's really cool to me that we have that record, and I find myself having a hard time whenever whenever we do something like on the Old Testament, like we're doing, or we go to the you know to the New Testament, the Doctrine and Covenants. I I really have a hard time not going back to the Book of Mormon <laughs> because the older that I have gotten, the more that I have understood about doctrine, about the gospel. And about scriptures, uh, especially, I see how plain and precious the the gospel is portrayed in the Book of Mormon, and how how great a blessing it is that uh, Mormon, as he went through, he handpicked everything that we have before us in in the pages. It was handpicked from a thousand years worth of of Nephite history. And from literal uh, rooms full of records, what we have is what the Spirit told Mormon that we need to have. The Book of Mormon was written for us in our day. It was not written for the Nephite nation. It was written as a the only piece of technology that they had that would be able to speak to us a completely alien and foreign people. Our language is different. The, we read backwards from them. The things that are important to us are vastly differently, you know, important to them. Like, they, they wouldn't even care about that stuff, right? It might as well be from another planet, is what I'm saying here. It might as well be from another planet. But, you know... If we were to receive a record that was mimicked in the same exact way, like if we, if there were prophets in ancient Africa, if there were prophets in ancient China, if there were prophets in ancient India, right? Name your country, name your whatever, whatever time period that, that we have as well. Like if we go back to that same time period of 400 or 600 BC to 400 AD, let's say that there was a couple different countries that had prophets and that they, they were able to do the same exact thing, uh, record, you know, on, on plates or whatever they, whatever they used at, in their area, if they were able to record their God's dealings with them as a nation, and then to receive messages for the future, to have somebody go through their version of Mormon to go through, you know how cool that would be to read that? Of course we would accept that. If, I mean... It's even said that we will receive more than what we have currently, right? We know we're going to receive more scriptures. I I personally can't wait, although, you know, I, I think that I, I need to consume what I have before me right now in the Bible, in the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price. There is a feast to be had there that that is, is, it's a big elephant, and you you got to get it a bite at a time, you know. But that that one is is huge. It's awesome. 
And it's necessary because we get it in its un, unpolluted form without the, the interpolations of man coming into that. You know, look at the Apocrypha, right? You can read the Apocrypha, you can get stuff out of it, but man has messed with it a little bit. We know that. God has said that in the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, the Bible, it has a couple mistranslations in it. Is it the Word of God? 100% absolutely. Okay? But we know that there were omissions from uh, uh, Israelite scribes, right? Cleon Skousen puts forth that, of course, there were a lot more... Uh, that there were a lot more mentions of the Savior uh, for his first time, and that perhaps these scribes didn't like the fact that they were uh, predicted to crucify their king, right? That their, their, their Messiah, so they struck it from the record. Unfortunately, that's just something that if if man has you know a thousand years, two two thousand years, whatever, if we have five hundred years, three hundred years, whatever. If we have time, and we have documents, and we don't have, you know, God directly influencing us, things are going to get changed. It's just, it's how we are. We are, we're fallible humans. That's why a prophet is so dang important to have around, right? But, you know, regardless, I, I absolutely, I love the Old Testament, I love the New Testament. There are things in there that are incredible. That are just fantastic, especially when you couple it with the Book of Mormon. And you can see how necessary it is to have that extra that extra set of scripture to to come together with the Bible, you know, the stick of, of Ephraim and the stick of Joseph, or excuse me, the stick of Ephraim and the stick of Judah to come together and to become one in your hand, like it's it's just awesome. I can't say enough good stuff about it, but huge, huge cornerstone of our church. Okay. And then we go to the next one, which is the priesthood. Okay. The power and authority to act in the name of God in administering the affairs of his kingdom. We know from the Old Testament that no man taketh this honor unto himself, except him that was called of God, as was Aaron. How, and it's, when you read something like that, it's very important for us to look into the Old Testament and see how Aaron was called, okay? This stuff all builds on each other. I mean, this is basic stuff, but it's incredibly, incredibly important. And it is also incredibly deep. Like, don't misunderstand. When I say basics, the basics are deep, guys. Deep, very, very deep. The priesthood, being the power and authority to act in the name of God, is something that you have to have. If you have a church, I mean, every Christian uh, church is going to claim that that. Jesus Christ is their chief cornerstone, right? And that's a very good thing. But you have to have the rest of the foundation or else the building will topple. Not to mention the fact that, like, it's really cool because... A lot of people, especially those who aren't of our faith, will look at these other cornerstones, these other, these other parts of the foundation that we have, and even though they are biblical, they're not even Book of Mormon, this is biblical stuff. Even though they are biblical, they will separate them from Jesus Christ, right? Now let's, let's go back to our analogy here, as we're, we're building our temple here. That cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, right? That wall connects it to the next cornerstone. Okay, these are, these are not, this isn't our idea. Okay, we're following the blueprints here, but we did not write the blueprints. Okay, the blueprints are what we are following as written in the Bible. 
you've got to have a profit. Okay? You have to have that profit. That is quite simply how things have been done since Adam uh, transgressed and was booted from the Garden of Eden. Okay, he became the prophet to his children. It is a pattern um, since the beginning, and it is something that has to be there. We go to the Book of Mormon, right? Now, we are lucky enough to have multiple sets of scriptures that are all backing each other up, right? Going back to Adam, as God would speak to him, he would write, and those became their scriptures, right? I imagine there was all sorts of, of parallel stuff in there to what we have. However, it being written specifically to that generation, to Adam and, and his children. It's interesting to think about, side note, that back then there wasn't any, for many, many thousands of years really, there wasn't any argument as to there being a God. It's like, of course there was a God. You know, it's just that which one is 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 the correct one? Is it the one that Nimrod, uh, you know, the, the one that we turned Nimrod into the sun god to worship and stuff? And, you know, goes into very interesting things, but there was never, you know, you get the idea that there was never really any um, question among these people. And as scientists would say, well, that's because they were these backward Stone Age, you know, Neanderthals and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, I don't think so. I think in many ways they were more advanced uh, intellectually than us. And they accepted the fact that there was a divine being. They just got it wrong sometimes as to who it was. Uh, going back to the priesthood. Okay. Incredibly important. Incredibly important. So important that after Ham had stolen the garment from Noah, as he had a little bit too much wine and passed out, apparently, after seeing the genocide of so many people, perhaps billions, we don't know, at least in the millions, having seen that happen, and uh, immediately making some wine and passing out and stuff, the garment of Adam was, was with Noah, right? According to Hugh Nibley, that's why the animals listened to him. Uh, he steals the garment. Ham steals the garment and is cursed from the priesthood. He's blessed as to things pertaining to the earth, but cursed. Him and his generations for a long time until into the you know the 1970s really, being cursed from the priesthood. That's that's a big deal. So much so that the those early e Egyptians, those descendants of Ham. Uh, they feigned claim to the priesthood, even holding up the garment of Adam, that stolen garment of Adam, and saying, Hey, look, we have the garment. Of course we have the truth. They were able to lead a lot of people away. It's why Nimrod was able to rule over uh, the majority of mankind at that, that point, because he, he possessed some of those things, right? And he feigned claim to the priesthood. Now, this is all stuff that is found in our scriptures. This is stuff that's very, very cool stuff, and it's all very basic stuff. And this, uh, these four cornerstones of our faith, these, these basics, the foundation of our church, we need to go back to it, brothers and sisters. We've got to go back to this. I absolutely love to to talk with friends, to go into some of these deep, you know, some of these deep conversations as we put forth our ideas as to what we think perhaps 
um, a solution to something that, you know, a, a doctrinal question that we have as we study and we look at experts in the, in the LDS field, you know, as, as to our doctrine and put forth their ideas as well. Like, I feel like we have made a critical error. in getting away from the basics because the basics are where the important stuff is. It really is. The basics are where the important stuff is. And I'm not disparaging anybody who goes into the deeper things. Um, we are, we're actually commanded to go into the deeper things. However, I think that we are I think that by not mastering the basics and then going on by bypassing a lot of these basics, we go on and then we become easily, easily, easily swayed by every wind of doctrine. And that's including stuff that's put out by LDS scholars. To the point of when we go to college and people tell us that we came from monkeys, uh, that we were not, in fact, created in the image of God, unless God is a monkey and I'm misunderstanding all this basic stuff, that, you know, our, our children cannot square this with, with our theology, with our gospel. And they are then given a choice. That choice is accept or reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because the foundation has not been tempered, it has not been built up, it has not been understood. And as, you know, as missionaries, that was one of the funnest things was to go into some of those mysteries and, and speak about it. But I think that we set ourselves up by not having our foundations built on the foundation that when we um we when we have these these winds of doctrine thrown at us whether it's the, the doctrine of darwinism as we've discussed that is a very much a religious doctrine as we have this stuff thrown at us we don't know how to square with it and our youth are falling away um a lot of people my age are falling away. People that I, I knew in the mission field have fallen away. People I grew up with have fallen away. And I can't help but feel, and this is Alan, this is you know Alan speaking here, not prophetically, not anything like that. This is me logically looking at events and seeing what's happening, looking back at scriptures seeing some parallels here, I cannot feel, or help but feel that there are some crazy times coming our way as a result of this, and that the Lord is going to be giving us some, some tutelage here, some instruction, and He's going to speak to us in a way that we will understand. And whenever the Lord seems to deliver a sermon of that nature, he uses nature, right? Um, if you look back to the book of Helaman, to, to the famine that happened, it was caused because of a drought. We are experiencing uh, what a lot of experts are saying is the worst drought in a thousand years, right? It's, it's interesting stuff to think about. When we look at these parallels happening to us, and I wonder, brothers and sisters, how if we as a nation would turn to God, if we would escape a lot of the stuff that is headed our way right now, like we're on a collision course, guys. It's we have we have stuff coming our way, and that's not that's not me dooming and glooming here. It's it's a fact. Like, we have to face the facts here. We are we're on a collision course with some pretty intense uh, 
political strife with some pretty intense, uh, legit famine, no food. <coughs> Excuse me. We have stuff that we are going to meet up with. And we have to be ready for it. But I, I wonder how much of it would... I wonder how much of it would we would escape if we would but turn our hearts back to the God of this land. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that everybody has to join the LDS Church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we as and LDS people, we as Christians, we as, you know, those, those godless folks. What if those who had the light of Christ and who had a testimony at one time, what if we were to all turn back to Christ? I wonder if in the course of maybe six months to a year, if the land would heal itself as a direct spiritual result of us turning back. Because there's a connection there, right? I hope we all understand that. This being a promised land, right? Being the land of Noah, of Adam, also being the land of the, the Nephites and Lamanites, this is a promised land. And just as those who are adopted into the tribes of Israel uh, through the patriarchal blessing, as they become Israelites, uh, those of us who live on this land, we become adopted into the, the tribe of Lehi as well, right? Like, obviously, we're, we're Ephraim, we're, we're Manasseh, or whatever tribe you happen to be in, but we also, on the, on the parallel, we are adopted as children of Lehi, we become a part of that group. And this land becomes a promised land unto us, as it has. And with that, there comes blessings, right? And the blessing is having enough food, having uh, security, having the Lord step in and fight battles for us. You can look no further than the, than the American Revolution and the miracles we, we we should not have won that war. We should have gotten spanked all the way back to England, okay? It's, it truly is one of those things. Like, we wouldn't be having these problems that we're having right now, obviously, if we were all turning our hearts to Christ. And so I, you know, I, I put forth to you, are we experiencing a, a cursing? Because there's a curse upon the land as well. That as we do not, as we turn away from Christ, things get worse and worse and worse. Until uh, you can look at the Jaredite civilization, you can look at the Nephite civilization, you can see what waits at the end of that road. Something that we don't want any part of. But if we could get back to the basics, if we could focus on the basics, if we could lead by example on the basics, like this stuff here really is, it's where we need to live. It's what we need to practice. It's what we need to preach, right? There's so much stuff that I want to talk about on this platform but I hold myself back because it's not the place for it, right? I would love to talk about, about uh, you know, going back to the heavens being different before, you know, before our time. Going back to Saturn being being the the sun that people would look to, and that you know, there's a lot of stuff there. And hopefully, I'm not tantalizing you with that stuff, but. There's a lot of interesting, interesting stuff that we could go back and we could learn. But this podcast is not meant for that. This podcast is meant 
to be something that I do. It's a sacrifice that I am making of my time. Um, I'm not saying my production value is, is super high quality because I try to get it out as soon as I can and I don't, I don't put it through a lot of editing on purpose because it's just time consuming and I don't have the time. But I feel, brothers and sisters, that if I do not raise my voice as I hope I did in the pre-existence that I will be held accountable as being somebody who luckily I have a testimony and I have um, I would venture to guess that that is one of my spiritual gifts I've never looked at this church and said this is bullcrap this isn't true it's never really even crossed my mind you know you always wonder what if I've had I've had what if thoughts but I keep going back to it and it just it just it is what it is guys it's in my heart of hearts I know that it's true and I count that as a spiritual gift and I'll, I'll if that's the only one that I have I'll take it that's all I need uh, the the further I progress in life the more that I realize the value of a spiritual gift like that Going back to the foundation, going back to the basics, is the safe place. It is the place that we need to master before we begin looking to other things, because it is here that we are given the skills to be able to handle the, the every wind of doctrine that's thrown at us, right? I love going back, and I know there's some of you guys that are going to think, you know, you're going to, you're going to hone in on my, my, uh, my evolutionary, you know, the, 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 uh, Darwinism and stuff like that. And you say, well, that's perfectly com compatible with LDS doctrine. It's like, okay, well, use the scriptures as your guide, because from what I'm seeing here in the basics, uh, no way, no way, brother, no way, sister. Looking back to what prophets and apostles have said about it, no way. Absolutely no way. And so I put it to you, brothers and sisters. I put it to you. We have to understand and we have to master the basics. Because if we don't, we are vulnerable. If we don't visit it often, if we don't go back and inspect those those cornerstones, if we don't go back and, and look at our own foundation, if we don't if we don't have good upkeep on upkeep on that, then when we have these other winds blow upon us of doctrine, our foundation starts to crack. And before you know it, you're making YouTube videos about why you left the LDS church. And it's not an overnight thing. It takes time. Something I've noticed about everybody that leaves is it takes time. It is a slow... A slow backward uh, slide. As, as Satan leads you away with, with flax and cord. And so, I raise my voice, and I implore you, brothers and sisters, not just to, to upkeep and to, even if you've left, even if you're on the verge of leaving, take Moroni up on his promise and do so following every word to the T. This isn't one of those things that you, you can take lightly. This isn't one of those things that that you can just look at and that you can casually do, right? When you're when you're in the back of your mind, you've already made up your mind about leaving. 
if this is true, if the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, if Joseph Smith actually had a first vision, if the gospel was restored as it has been in previous dispensations through the same exact means by a prophet, by priesthood power, by scripture, by Jesus Christ uh, stepping into our reality, our realm, our dimension, whatever you want to call it, him stepping in directly and taking the reins and taking the helm, right, over a church that he forms. It is the most important thing in your life, in your time here on earth. It's huge. And looking around and seeing so many people throw it away because of doctrines of Babylon, because of things that have always uh, been abominations before God but are now being questioned. Or by people just not wanting, like, people who can't research into a lot of these doctrines of men that we are taught in universities now. I'll tell you one thing, I will never send my kids to a university. If they want to go, that's on them. I will warn them against it. Go to a trade school. Don't go and get... Uh, and get indoctrinated with Marxist ideology. No thank you. This stuff that there are answers. There are answers. But we have to want to know if the, you know, we, we have to want to know. That's where that real intent, having faith in Christ, right? If you don't, if you're not there, get back to the basics. Then pull yourself out of of where you're at right now, and focus on the words of Christ. Okay, focus on those words of Christ in the Scriptures. And if you do it in the Book of Mormon as well, you're gonna, you're gonna know. Have that faith. Focus on the basics. Ask God with real intent, having faith in Christ, and He will manifest the truth but unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. Brothers and sisters, I. I feel that time is short, that we, we are experiencing some really intense transitional times right now. And I hope and I pray that you aren't having to go through this crisis of faith right now. And I hope and I pray that the Spirit will speak truth to you and that you will allow yourself to feel the Spirit and that you will not rely upon the doctrines of the flesh of man. I love you guys. And as I have said, I have listeners across the world. In many different countries, there's not a, a, you know, there's not thousands of us strong, but we are worldwide, and it's always incredible for me to see who's listening from where.
I will uh, echo the sentiments of Ephraim Hanks and say that I am a I am a, a, a flawed man. I have more flaws than I can count. But I do try. So, brothers and sisters, it is with love in my heart, regardless of who you are, what color your skin is, where you're from, what language you speak. It is with love in my heart that I implore you to focus on the basics, to do as you did in the pre-existence and follow the plan of Christ. Follow the gospel plan, the plan of salvation. And follow the admonitions of his prophets, of his apostles. And put a special emphasis on the foundation. Put a special emphasis on that basic stuff. Getting back to the basics. Teach it to your children. Emphasize it to your children. I am going to make a more concerted effort to bear my testimony, which I haven't done for years in church, uh, so that directly so that my children can see that regardless, if anything happens to me, they will have these recordings on YouTube and all these other platforms, they will know what their old man, what he thought about a lot of this stuff. But most importantly, they will know that their old man raised his voice in support of Christ and in support of the church that Christ has built, that he has restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. And that that authority, that priesthood authority given to Joseph Smith from his fellow servants from 2,000 years past given to them by Christ that that line of priesthood authority is unbroken in this the last dispensation of the fullness of times. And as we prepare for the return of the King, that we will be standing in holy places and that when he returns, which I, I, I have to believe is, is coming soon, relatively soon, when he returns, we will have already redeemed Zion and we will be waiting at the city, New Jerusalem, to meet him as he accepts the temple that we have built with the, the lost ten tribes. That's the goal, brothers and sisters. The goal is to have been able to navigate the ocean of apostasy that is that is before us and to be ready to meet with Christ as he comes and accepts his temple in New Jerusalem unless you're of course privy to the meeting at Adam on Diamond, which that would be cool let's let's be honest with each other that'd be awesome but I think for the vast majority of us that should be the goal that second time that he meets with his with his uh, his people, I love you guys, and I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you as this world as our world goes through these crazy times. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen.